I'll ask you to keep your Bibles open to this passage of Scripture as we uh, look to it, as we study it together this morning. And before we do that, we, uh, of course, the title of the message is The Lord is at Hand. So let's pause for a moment and uh, just ask the Lord to bless us as we look to this to his word together today. Father, we still we still our hearts and our minds before you and we ask that you would enable us and allow us to do so. Should there be Lord any distracting thoughts or sinful thoughts, Lord, or just um, hindering thoughts, Lord, in our hearts and our minds. We ask, God, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would allow those to shrink away and that the presence and fullness and the filling of your Spirit would take over in this time and in our lives. We ask, God, that as, as we uh, seek to honor our mothers today, that we do so in a way that honors you. For the gift of mothers, for the gift of life, for the gift of family, for the gift of worship, for the gift of your word, for the gift of salvation, for the gift of faith and the gift of repentance the gift of prayer, the gift of spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit within us, the, the gift of being able, Lord, to raise our voices and raise our lives in honor of you. So we, we seek, God, that, that you might be glorified as we seek to let our mothers know how special they are to us. And we ask, God, in these next few moments together as we, as we look into your eternal, true, everlasting, life-changing word, that, God, even though there's a... <clears throat> an emphasis today for moms. There's a word today for every single one of us. And Lord, you know that word better than I do. So we, we desire to hear from you. I desire to hear from you. And so we pray that in these, that, that these next few moments of study together would be sanctified, would be holy, would be precious, and would, would absolutely alter the course and the trajectory of our lives toward you, Lord, and your glory. And we ask it in the glorious, wonderful, awesome name of Christ. Amen. The Lord is at hand. Well, this week I was uh, studying and preparing, of course, for the message today, and I knew that these verses were next in our study of Philippians. We've been 
looking verse by verse, word by word through this wonderful letter from Paul. But I also knew that it was going to be Mother's Day, so I I thought over some other passages of Scripture. I read over some other passages of Scripture that would be more typical of a Mother's Day uh, passage, a a Mother's Day message. Um, But I just kept coming back to these verses. I, I would read and I would think over another passage, and as I was thinking over that passage, I would find myself thinking about this passage. I just kept coming back to these. And and, and particularly, there was one passage in particular that I kind of really liked for a Mother's Day message. I thought, this would be be a really good message for Mother's Day. But as I I looked at that passage and, and, and meditate on it, tried to focus on it, my mind just kept going back to these verses. And so I just couldn't help but think, okay, then then God has something for somebody here today that's from these verses. And I can't help but think that it's also especially for moms and for mothers. And so, yes, while these verses apply to all of us, there's something here for every single one of us. I do think if our moms can lock on to by the grace of God and the Spirit of God, can really lock on to the lesson here. What a blessing. What a blessing it would be for mothers. What a help. What a help it would be for moms. What an encouragement it would be. What a strength it would be for mothers in motherhood. You all have been such a blessing to us. So my prayer is that today's text is going to be a wealth of blessing to you. It's just going to be, you're going to just feel this text rise up in your heart and you'll be able to say, yes, Lord, yes, that was for me. The challenges of the believing mother the disciple of Jesus who seeks to disciple her children. Those challenges today are tremendous. They are great. They are overwhelming. Not only the challenge of of going through the seasons of life herself as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, but also being a mother through the seasons of of the life of her children. There's so much going on. There's so many dynamics. There's so many things to think about, certainly to pray for, trying to balance life in, in the home, trying to balance life with children and with responsibilities, trying to, trying to find those good, solid decisions and, and those right boundaries that are not too restrictive but not too open, trying to be protective of your children, yet giving them room to grow, giving them room to learn, giving them room to experience, to express themselves. These All these kinds of waters can be very difficult to navigate. 
raising them up in the fear of the Lord and yet allowing them to find the, the unique and particular and specific purpose for which God has created them, what God's purpose is for them and, and, and trying to understand and, and help find that so you can enable that, strengthen that, fertilize that, water that. Rather than trying to hamper that with, with, as parents, our own purposes, our, our own trajectory for our children. These are hard, difficult waters to navigate. And on top of all this is the challenge of the increasing darkness of the culture around us. Which is absolutely startling how quickly and how rapidly... Our society is devolving. How upside down everything is becoming. How reckless and lawless things are. And how the, the, the value of life that we've just celebrated is absolutely more and more diminishing. That's a challenge. People often say, I don't, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to raise my kids or I don't know if I want my kids to grow up in this kind of world. It's a challenge. But I want you to hear me today. Godly believing mothers are some of the strongest people I know exemplifying in every way the grace and the strength of the Lord. So I want us to look at this passage of Scripture because I do believe, moms, that there's a special word here for you, while at the same time for all of us. First of all, I want us to think of what, what does the Lord is at hand? What does that mean? You'll notice in verses 4, 5, and 6 that Paul gives us three commands. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That's command number one. Command number two, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That's command number two. And command number three is do not be anxious about anything. Now, in the middle of those three commands, there's this massive truth claim there's this there's this massive propositional objective statement of reality and that truth claim is the lord is at hand that's the truth in the middle of these three commands. So, so w- one thing for us to generally understand about the commands of God that we find throughout the Scripture, the commands of God are always grounded in some type of glorious promise or some type of massive truth or revelation of who God is and how things are. 
When God issues a command, he issues a promise. He, he issues a truth. He, he issues a statement about himself or a statement about his children. He, he issues something for us to, to ground that command in, something that, that gives that, lo- that command wings, something that gives life to that command, something that enables us to obey that command, to run with that command. To believe that God is not a legalist. He does not set forth a list of arbitrary and subjective rules. The Bible, although it contains a lot of commands, is not a list of do's and don'ts. That's not Christianity. In fact, what God does in his word is he sets forth a treasure chest, an absolutely wonderful treasure chest of joy and truth and promise. And the commands of scripture are simply, how do you respond to that? If God is this great and mighty, how do you respond to that? Well, you do this and you don't do that. If if God is this generous and gracious and steadfast and holy, how do you live? Well, you do this and you don't do that. That's the correlation. In light of what God says is true, in light of what God says about himself, and in light of what God says he does for his people, how should we live? That's how we understand the commands of God. How do we respond to the God of all creation? The God of salvation, the God of history, the God of revelation. So the grand truth, with that understanding of of truth and their relationship to commands, the the great truth from which these three commands that we're looking at today, the great truth from which they spring is this, the Lord is at hand. That's the truth claim. And so what does that mean? I I want us to, we got to have an understanding of what that means because it's from that command that that's what's going to give life. That's what's going to spring forth these three commands. That's what's going to enable us and strengthen us to fly with these three commands and live this way as believers. So what does it mean that the Lord, the God of creation, the holy triune living God who who sits on the throne in heaven and, and reigns over every speck of his creation. There's not an ounce of his creation over which he doesn't preside. The God who is working all things toward an eternal end for his glory and the good of his people. The God that the angels dare to look upon. That God, the God of the Bible, the God, the the only God, that God, the Lord, is at hand. What does that mean? 
I believe there's room here in Paul's meaning. I believe there's room in, the, in, the, in, in phrasing it that way that we can understand that in one of three ways or in two of these three ways or in all of these three ways. Of, they, they would all certainly apply. There's none of them that would, we could say, oh, there's no way Paul ever meant that. So, so I want us to look at uh, these, these three ways that I believe that uh, we can apply. What does it mean that the Lord is at hand? Now, the first two things I'm going to mention are just ways that we can understand the Lord is at hand. That, that's for all of us. But the third way, when we get to it, it too is for all of us. But particularly today, I want, moms, I want you to hear that third way to understand the Lord is at hand. So first, how do we understand the Lord? The Lord is at hand. I understand the Lord is at hand in the sense of being the next thing. The next big thing. The next thing in our existence. And, and what I mean by that is I'm referring to the brevity and the frailty of life itself. The brevity and, and frailty of life. Even if we have the blessing of a really long life, it is relatively quick. It goes by really fast. I used to hear people when I was growing up, I'd hear them say, boy, the, the days go by fast. The years go by fast. You turn around and, and you know, every, everybody's grown up and everybody's gone and everything goes fast. And I, I would think, that well, there's no way. I mean, it takes forever to, for summer to get here. It takes forever to do this. It takes forever. There's no, and now I say, yep, it's, it's pretty fast. It, it went by pretty fast. I mean, one day, one day I was in the, in the hospital holding my firstborn on my chest. And last week we picked her up from college. That was too fast. It goes by fast. And the Bible tells us that, doesn't it? The Bible says life is a vapor. You see it, it's there, it appears, and then it's gone. It, it, it's, that, it's that quick. It, it goes by. Days get by. Time gets by. Life goes by. It comes and it goes quickly. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So that's what I mean. The Lord is at hand. I want us to do a little experiment this this morning, I want you to take your pulse. Feel your pulse. Everybody, feel your pulse. And if you don't feel one, raise your hand. Any? <laughs> every, every beat, every pulse, every beat of your heart is from the Lord. Take a deep breath with me. That's from the Lord. And from the very beginning of our days, the Lord already knew the last of our days. It, it, everything is already recorded. And the, and, and the next thing, I mean, we, we are all essentially, no one knows how long you're going to live. No one knows that. 
Every moment of our life, we, we're, we live essentially one heartbeat from the Lord. One, one breath from the God of the universe. The Bible says, appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. The Lord is truly for all of us at hand. I mean, I mean, essentially, he's right around the corner. He's there. In terms of, of what's next in our life, what, what we need to do, what, because Moses said, didn't he? Moses said, teach me to number my days. Teach me to take full potential and advantage of every single one of these 24-hour gifts that you give me. Because if you will peek with me around that corner of every one of our lives, imagine standing before the one who is holy, holy, holy. who's surrounded by millions of angels who won't even dare to look up at him. Imagine that, that just around the corner, one day we're going to turn the corner of our life and be right before him. He is at hand. Now listen to me. How, how, how different, how different would we live life if we had that recognition in our hearts each and every day? How different would we approach life? Would we approach one another? Would we approach work, school, future, relationships? If we understood that just around the corner of your life and my life, and that's a corner we're going to turn, we don't know when, is the Lord. The Lord is at hand now you take that understanding with you and all of a sudden those three commands whew, there's a lot of there's a lot of air going up under the wings of those commands right now man i could meet god next week what am i gonna do this week the lord is at hand that's the first understanding second understanding i take this is the Lord is at hand in the sense of he's coming soon. Jesus is returning soon. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it textually. Now, I'm not one that's, you know, one to make prophetic predictions and issue dates and, you know, all of that. But you can read scripture and you can understand things, right? You can read scripture and you can look around and you can see things. And it seems to me that scripture is really alive right now in terms of what it says is happening right before Jesus returns. For example, in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 12, here's a few things Jesus said. Jesus says, lawlessness will increase. Anybody see that lately? Lawlessness will increase. The second thing he says is the love of many will grow cold. Anybody see that lately? And then he says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the ends of the earth. 
And then the end will come. Let me tell you something that's really exciting. Jesus saying the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the ends of the earth and then the end will come. I want us to recognize this morning that could actually take place in our lifetime. And what I mean by that is all, all of my Christian life, I've always heard in terms of, of Bible translation, in terms of getting the scripture into the hands of people who've never had it in their heart language or they've never had it, they've never seen the Bible, they've never read the Bible, but getting it into their language, translating scripture into the language groups of people and getting them the Bible so that they can understand salvation and come to Christ. All of my Christian journey, that's been thousands. It's, it's thousands of language, thousands of language. Then it got down to four, about 4,000 languages, about, about 2,000. Right here today, all of a sudden, all these groups that are doing all of these translation efforts and have been doing them for years and years and years, they've started collaborating and working together. Now we're down to 400. 400. And they are projecting that working together, that can be accomplished in less than 10 years. I was expecting some joy. <laughs> the Lord is at hand his return is soon now those are the first two ways i want to settle back into this third way that is for all of us but moms i want you to hear this i want you to latch on to this I understand when Paul says the Lord is at hand, I understand in the sense of being near, near. And I want you to study that, moms. I want you to study throughout Scripture the nearness of God with his people. And how many different ways the Bible refers to just how close God resides and lives with his own the nearness of God to his people. When, when something or someone is at hand, that means it's close. It, it, it's right there. And that's what Paul means for you to understand. That's, that's what Paul means to convey is, is God is right there. He is with you, the Lord. In Acts 17, the Bible says, you know, the maker, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth he does not dwell in temples made by hands. But then over in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, that the Holy Spirit dwells within you? And then over in Colossians 1, Paul says, Don't you know that Christ in you is the hope of glory in you? 
the God of the universe who is a consuming fire and and cannot be reduced to the space of of man-made temple dwells within his people. Listen, moms, God is closer to you than your next breath. He resides in you. He is at hand at every moment, at every decision, at every frustration, at every heartache, at at, at every step of faith, every wondering, every prayer, every moment. God, the Lord, is at hand. You may have said this week, this is, this is something that we need to understand about what it means. What, what does church mean? What does God's house mean? Because we think it means these walls and this brick and this steeple and these grounds and these facilities. And it doesn't. So we say things like Saturday, well, tomorrow we go to church. Or this morning, hurry up and get ready, y'all. We're going to church. But we don't go to church. This is simply the, the, the real estate where the church assembles, where the church gathers. So we should say, get up and get ready. We're gathering this morning. We're gathering with our family of believers this morning. Or we say, well, don't do that you're in God's house well in New Testament terms you are God's house he dwells within you you won't leave here this this afternoon after 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 church you won't leave here and God stays here in his house you are God's house he goes with you he lives in you He's right there with you. He is at hand. Church is not what we do on Sunday. Church is not where we go on Sunday. Church is who we are. God lives in you. You are the temple. You are being built into a holy dwelling New Testament refers to you as the house of God. I heard one time an older gentleman told a young man, don't wear that cap in God's house. And he said, sir, this cap's on God's house. How different our perspective on life would be were we to realize that the almighty maker of heaven and earth, the God of wisdom and might and grace, is at hand in the sense of he makes his home in our heart. Now, we had to understand that before we could get to these three commands, so we're going to zip through these three commands because if you get that truth claim, you're going to get these three commands. 
But we need to state them because Paul wants us to understand them. He wants, he wants the Christian life to be this way because the Lord is at hand. So once we get a grip on the Lord is at hand, then these three commands just come naturally. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Now, he says it twice for two reasons. One, once to stress the importance of joy, a joyful life if we are in Christ. After all, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. I mean, if the Spirit is dwelling within us, joy should be abounding from us. So he says, rejoice in the Lord Not in everything in life. You won't rejoice in everything in life. But you can rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. But here's a second reason why I believe Paul says this twice. Rejoice in the Lord again, I will say. It's almost like he says, now before you argue with me about not being able to rejoice all the time, again I will say rejoice is because sometimes we have to fight for that joy, don't we? Sometimes we have to pray for that joy. It doesn't always come easy. We, we, th- that joy in the Lord, sometimes we have to crawl back out of our circumstances and back into our salvation. So, sometimes we lose our joy because we lose our focus on Christ. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And, and remember, remember where Paul is when he's writing this letter. He's writing from prison. He's not writing from the the castle. He's writing from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. So so listen carefully. Evidently, when Paul says this and he's, he's in prison and he's saying, Hey, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Then evidently there's something about, Paul knows there's something about knowing that the Lord is at hand that's so wonderful and so thrilling and so sustaining and so permanent that it will raise up joy even in a downcast heart. It will raise up joy even in a downtrodden situation. There is more joy to be known and tasted and experienced in the Lord than there is darkness and hardship to drown it out. Moms, when you think about who your Lord is and all he's done to rescue you and and restore you and he's returning for you and he's sustaining you and he's right there with you, you can rejoice. in heartache and in victories. My parents are here this morning. I'm so glad they are. Happy Mother's Day. And I want to I, I honor my mother by just saying, what an example she's been to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. She's done that mostly. She sings in the choir at her church. She loves singing. She always has a song in her heart. Even when life is difficult, even when home is difficult, even when church is difficult, even when everything is difficult, there's one thing I've always seen. When, when Mom, when you sing, and it's blessed my heart because I knew what was going on behind the scenes and I knew she knew what was going on behind the scenes 
and I knew everything that was said, and she knew what was said, and she, she, she would get up there and sing with a big smile on her face as loud as she could, and she'd lean into it. Just like, I'm going to get this out. I'm going to get this praise out. And even now, sometimes she has to sit and sing in the choir. There must be some joy there must be some kind of joy that, that overrides hardship and misunderstanding and trial and difficulty. Paul says, you can find it if you realize the Lord is at hand. Now, the second thing Paul says is, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Now, if my mom were not here, I'd say this is probably where she struggles. But she is here, so I won't say that. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That reasonableness is good judgment, well-grounded, opposite meaning, misleading, invalid, unreasonable. What, what do you think Paul means here? Now, we know what he's just got through talking about, right? Eodia and Syntyche. But what do you think Paul means here? I, I think he means this. Let us not be so selfish and so prideful and so uncaring that we're difficult to get along with. Let, let your reasonableness be known to, to everyone. And let everyone attest for all of us. Let, let everyone attest of a spirit of gentleness and, and love and truth and grace. It's really the second commandment, isn't it? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, number one, that's really difficult to do if you're hurt. Number two, that's really difficult to do if you always get your way. And this time you don't. Number three, moms, it's really hard if the, if the path of your growing or grown child that wants to pursue is not the path you've always planned or seen or, or had in your mind for them. It, it's really difficult to transition from watching over children to giving counsel and advice to children to transitioning to just simply helping children to just being there to asking them for help. Those are, those are tough let your reasonableness be known to everyone. But you know what really helps us to be reasonable in life as, as parents, as people, as believers? Is to know that the Lord is at hand. He's watching. He's, he knows. He's guiding. He's got this. Last, last one, and we'll be done this morning. I really hope this helps our moms. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. Anxiety and depression are skyrocketing in our society, and it's not just a generational thing. It's across generations. Older people are anxious. Middle-aged are anxious. Students are anxious. Singles are anxious. Children are anxious and depressed. 
And I'm not diminishing the reality and the anguish of that. It's, it's absolutely crippling. It, it's real. But it is interesting to note that, that we have more affluence now than we've ever had before. And we also have more anxiety and depression. We, we have more, we are more social, supposedly, than, than ever before. We're, we're more connected than, than ever before. We, we have more information than ever before. We have more opportunities than ever before. We have more education opportunities. We have more, we have more traveling opportunities. We, we have more uh, achievement opportunities. We, ha- we have more awards and more appreciations and more of this and more of that. And the more we get, the more anxious we become and the more depressed. It's, it's as if everything is telling us, everything is telling us, you won't be happy with that. Life won't be full with all of that. Now, we're really going to get into the Bible's hope for the anxious heart in this next few passages when we get there, Lord willing. But for now, here's the takeaway from today's text. Paul says, the Lord is at hand. And the very next thing he says, do not be anxious about anything. Moms, dads, students, latch on to the truth. Study it, read it, meditate on it, pray about it, that the Lord is at hand. Because when you get, when that, when you not only get that, but that gets you, wow, God, God, God is here. God is here. That's going to give wings to, don't be anxious. I, I believe this is what we need today. We need to disconnect. We need to find a quiet spot. We need to make adequate room in our life and in our schedule to just sit with God and just know, man, he's right here. He's with me. And get to understand who God is and what he's like. Let his word wash over us. Take time to understand. So what does that mean? When, when the Bible says God is a God of steadfast love and his mercies are new every morning, what, what does that mean for me today if he's right here? Let the word wash over you. Let it soak into your bone. L- lift up your heart in prayer and then listen. Pour out your heart and then listen. If the Holy Spirit dwells within you and, and you're, you're pouring God's word into your heart, he, he's going to be fashioning that word just for you. We're too busy to listen. And the busier we get, the more anxious we get. 
Slow down. You don't need 50 things on your schedule this week. Cut it out. Some of those things have no eternal value whatsoever. Simplify. Slow down. Take in God and his word. Enjoy your relationship with the God of the universe. Lift up your voice in worship and rest. Know that God is right there with you and you're, you're going to be in his presence. He, he, he's right there. He's just around the corner. He's returning soon. Breathe that in and let the rest go. The Lord is at hand. Moms, do not be anxious about anything. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you so much, God, that you not only tell us what to do, but you give us the hope of and the life and the truth and the promise of who you are, of what you've done, of what you're like, of what it means to belong to you. And everything about you and, and everything about us in you and everything about what Jesus has done for us and every promise and every truth, God, is for our good and for life and for hope and for joy. Lord, work in our hearts and our lives today that our moms will never be the same and we will never be the same because of how you have spoken and transformed and moved. And we give you the glory for it all in Christ's name. Amen.